This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 909 on a Saturday morning. Joe Giglio in for Howard Eskin. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Phil Jackson behind the glass. And you guys with us. 888-729-9494. Talking Eagles charge. A tricky spot tomorrow. Road game chargers, as Howard just told us, two and a half point favorites. They play a lot of close games, yet I look at the Chargers over the past couple years. They're not a good team. If you lose 29 out of 40 games, I don't care if they're all close. You're bad. There's a common denominator that says they keep losing games. I think it's a top-heavy roster that the middle of that roster, the guys who don't even know their name, they don't make plays. They lose the games for the Chargers. I think tomorrow will be a lot of the same. I think it'll be a test for the Eagles in a lot of ways, coming off the emotion, coming off of what last week was. And can they handle prosperity this week? Can they handle a, a big win and come back and back it up with another win? But before we get back to lines, I said I'd tell you why this game is maybe more important than we're making it out to be. Now, it's week four. It's a, an AFC game, right? It's not a division game. It's not week 15. I don't think Monday morning, even if the Eagles lose, there's going to be a story that the Eagles just blew their season. I, I doubt that's going to be a theme anywhere. But I'll tell you this. Last year, one of the reasons the Eagles could not be better than 7-9 and nine, was they were 1-7 and seven on the road last year. They were one of the worst teams in the NFL last season on the road. In fact, they won their first road game last year in Chicago Week 2, Monday Night Football. They didn't win a road game again the rest of the season. It crippled their chances to be a 500 or better team last year. So far, they're 1-1 one one on the road. They won their first road game this year. Now, I don't expect the Eagles to lose you know, five or six more road games this year and not win any except that Week 1 victory in Washington. But it is... An interesting look ahead. I'm looking at their schedule right now. The Eagles' remaining road games. I think this is the easiest one they have. They do not have an easy road game left. And really, there are no easy road games in the NFL. I guess we'd throw that caveat in there. But every other road game they have, I think, will be more difficult than this one in Los Angeles against the Chargers. Here's what they have coming up. And if I'm painting the picture for you that the Eagles make the playoffs this season, if I'm painting that picture, they can win 10 games and make the playoffs, which I believe they can. I picked them to do that. They're going to have to go 3-5 and five on the road. I think that's the formula. If they can get 3 out of 8 on the road, that's probably enough. Now, you want to go 500 ideally, but I think if they go 3-8 and eight on the road, 3-5 and five on the road, it's probably enough to get themselves 10 wins, 9-10 wins, and be there at the end of the season. So they got one already. They beat the Redskins in D.C., Where do they get in the other two? Well, here are the remaining road games after Sunday. Carolina, and they don't look great, but that's on a Thursday night. That's coming up in a couple weeks. Not going to be easy because it's a road game on a Thursday night. Dallas, Seattle, the Rams, which you may have said that's an easy game. Doesn't look so easy anymore. The Giants. How many of those road games are going to win? One? In a weird way, I feel like the Eagles need to take care of business against the Chargers. It's the easiest road game remaining. They only won one road game last year. If they're going to make the playoffs this year, you're going to need to win two or three. You know, I'd say three road games. And I think this one is one they could go take, especially with no home field advantage in that soccer stadium for the Chargers. Let's grab Mitch East Windsor. What's up, Mitch? Hey, Joe. 
How you doing today? I'm doing well, buddy. Great. Good to talk to you. Finally. You too. It's been a while. Yeah. Well, you, 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 you're, um, you're a New York Philly guy, you know. I got to catch you where I can. I'm all over the what, place, what? Mitch, but I'm here right now with you. All right. Thank you. Uh, what's in that movie, uh, Catch Me If You Can? Catch Me If You Can. It's hey. a good movie. Yeah, that was a good movie. Um, that should be your, you know, your, your slogan there. Maybe you're reading it. Anyway, um, this is a assumption. What a poor ownership. They have to get rid of that, the charge ownership. How does the Chargers have never gotten a stadium, and they should be in San Diego, but I agree L.A. should have two teams. I don't know why they can't support them. They've never got a new stadium either. I mean, all they got is ancient uh, relics uh, down in L.A. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, it feels like the NFL rushed into it because they felt like it was time to do it, but they weren't really ready. Like the, the Rams stadium, which is going to be the state-of-the-art stadium downtown from and right next to where the NFL Network studios, I mean, that's probably going to be really nice in a few years, but right now they don't have that. And then... You have the Chargers playing in a soccer stadium that seats 30,000 people. It's not even a football stadium. Why couldn't they put the Chargers in, like, Dodgers Stadium or, or the college, or, or the Angels Stadium? And, I mean, it's quite – they should be selling out. And, and, and it's just a drive up. there. I, I think it's harder to – I feel to go from here – or when I was living in Stalin to go to the Giants Stadium. You know, and how did the Jets even get a new stadium? And, and, and they've been our worst organizations in charge. Anyway, um, let me get back to the game Sunday. Um, I think Phil Rivers. I I mean, he, I think he's a Hall of Famer, and if they keep losing these close games, I hope uh, uh, Sam Darnell or Rosen winds up with the Charges. And with Wentz, they got a good. They made a good move that they didn't overtrade. I think I like Wentz. He's gonna be costing me a good good quarterback. And one more thing, now you guys say maybe golf is coming around. And they didn't prove their wide receiver. They, they added two wide receivers to the Rams. Well, I think with the, the Eagles. Blount, I know I'm going all over. I think Blount should be a thousand yard rusher, but he seems to be he likes to turn on and off. You think Blount will turn around? Well, he, he ran it well last week. I mean, I thought Blount last week, and Mitch, I appreciate the call. And yeah, the Chargers might be it might be time for them to get a new quarterback. I, I I love Rivers. I've always been a fan of his. The way he plays, his his demeanor, he's fun. He's a fun quarterback. But I think he's it feels like Rivers is past. It, it's going backwards. He's past his prime, throwing picks left and right. Um, as far as Blunt, I mean, look, we, we do this all the time. The run game, the run game. I heard complaints about Doug Peterson. We will find anything to complain about with Doug Peterson. I, I heard some last week that they got away from LeGarrette Blunt too much. They should have run him more. Smallwood was running the ball very well last week. Smallwood uh, also gives you a little more versatility in the pass game. So those guys are going to split the carries now. With a little Corey Clement, I think, mixed in. But it's just amazing. Uh, whether it's Blunt, whether it's fourth and eight. Uh, people were flipping out on social media in the fourth quarter when Clement got his first touches, first carries, that you can't give a rookie running back, you know, put him in the game at that point cold because, remember, he fumbled or the ball kind of popped out of his hand when Wentz handed the ball, which wasn't even a good handoff. But nonetheless, later in the drive, or a little later on in the quarter, Clement off left tackle touchdown in a huge play in the game. So, you know, we do this all the time. Everything Doug Peterson does is wrong and every. The funniest part about the Doug, the the stuff that we bash Doug Peterson for, my favorite part about it is, and I go through this because I, I just think Doug Peterson is a good coach, and I think we're looking at the very little things and not looking at the big picture. The big picture is they have a top 10 offense in the NFL right now. They like playing for him. He likes to coach aggressively in a league where you have to coach aggressively now because it's so easy to score points. I like that their game plan could shift week to week. You know, you want them to run the ball 40 times a game, I want them to be able to do whatever it takes to win that Sunday. That should be the game plan. Two weeks ago, the better route to moving the ball in the Chiefs was to throw the ball. Last week, based on 
the Giants personnel based on the fact they don't rotate their defensive ends and they wear down in the game. The Heat, the best chance the Eagles had to win in Doug's mind, and it worked, and to move the football was to use the ground game. 39 rushes last week, and it worked. But it's just amazing. We will nitpick everything. And when, it, when something goes right for the Eagles, this is what I'm told. Well, that was supposed to happen. And when it goes wrong, it's Doug's fault. Like, do you realize how silly that logic is? He's the coach. When it goes right, give him credit. If you're going to bash when it goes wrong for every little thing, then give him credit when it goes right. As far as LeGarrette Blunt goes and his carries, um, I thought last week he ran the ball as well as I've seen him run it since you know, early last season. He looks fresh. I joked on Twitter saying that maybe they have to give him a week off every other week. Then the next week he'll come back and he'll be fresh. So I think he looked good. I think he'll split the carries with Smallwood, with a little Clement Mixon. I don't think we're going to see a situation where LeGarrette Blunt runs it 20 times a game. I don't think that's why they signed him. I don't think that's what he's really built to do anymore at his age and with the workload he had last year. So if you're expecting LeGarrette Blunt to go out there and run the ball 25 times, you're going to be very disappointed. And you're probably going to call the station on Monday screaming and yelling about Doug Peterson. But 10, 12 carries a game, I think that's about right. And in games they have a lead, let's say they have a lead on Sunday. Let's say it's you know, 24-14 in the fourth quarter. That's when I want to see a heavy dose of LeGarrette Blunt. That's what I thought they signed him for. Heavy dose of Blunt there. You know, carry after carry, the way he was early in that game against the Giants. Fresh legs, carrying defenders, running the clock out. That's, that's why I think they signed the guy. And I think that's what he does, uh, you know, really what he does best. First quarter, second quarter, you sprinkle him in, you, you use him there, but... You know, of the when the Darren Sproles injury happened, and man, I'm gonna miss watching Darren Sproles play. He was one of my favorite players to watch in the NFL for over a decade now. Just to, at that size, how versatile he was, how tough he was, it will be very difficult to replace him. That's another fear you have for this week is you can get through a game or so when guys go down with injury, you could kind of rally the troops and patch things together. Now everyone has a week to prepare that Darren Sproles is not going to be there. That Fletcher Cox is not going to be there. It is, it's a worry. And, and I think the Sproles injury is one that he's irreplaceable in every single way. Can Smallwood do a decent job? I think he can. Can Blunt do a good job? I think he can. Can Clement? Yeah. But is anyone going to be Darren Sproles? No. And I just, if that was the last image of him, I, I will say, man, that's Darren Sproles. He walked off the field with a broken wrist. And a torn ACL. Who does that? They have those injuries. Any kind of debilitating injury, they bring the card out. They take you out. Not Darren Sproles. That guy was as tough as nails. I'm rooting for him to come back. I want to watch him play again. But if this is retirement for him, uh, I, we, we had a treat here watching him for the past few years. 8 at 8, 729-9494, pound 9494. On your AT&T Verizon Wireless Cell We'll come back. Your calls. And I'll tell you the storyline that if the Eagles don't win, we'll be harped on all next week. We'll do that. And then we'll talk to Mark Lawrence, playbook.com, coming up at 940 on Sports Radio 94, WIP. 927 on a Saturday morning. Joe Giglio in for Howard Eskin. Sports Radio 94, WIP. Phil Jackson behind the glass. You guys with us. 888-729-9494. That's how you get aboard. Top of the hour. Ray Diddinger, Mark Farzad, will be with you next. And I got Mark Lawrence, 940playbook.com. He will join us as he does every Saturday as a part of Howard's show. Give us a couple college games, a couple pro games, and ask him about the Eagles in, almost did it again, in Los Angeles, not San Diego. It takes me years to when this stuff happens. Years. To, I, I, all last year, I kept calling the Rams the St. Louis Rams. I'm going to do it with the Chargers all year. 
They're in Los Angeles in the StubHub Center Soccer Stadium. And the Chargers, believe it or not, the Chargers, despite being 11-29 and their last 40 games, are two-and-a-half-point favorites in this. Uh, injuries obviously playing a big part on the Eagles' side. The road game, off of the emotional game from last week, it's all there. But I think the Eagles are just the better team. So I, if I was a betting man, I'd stay away from the game because I just think it's it's going to be close and a toss-up in the fourth quarter. But I think the Eagles are better, and it's hard for me to go against the better football team in a game early in the season when there's not all these crazy variables or the quarterbacks are not hurt or anything like that. Like that. I just think the Eagles are better and they'll win this one. Now, before we get back to the, uh, the lines here, I want to throw this out for you because the, the one theme of this season that I, I think is being talked about but probably not a lot because they're winning. You know, winning masks a lot in the NFL. It does it in all sports. But certainly NFL, in the NFL, where there's only a small amount of games. You win a game, the week is more positive than it is negative. You don't nitpick as much, though we nitpick Doug Peterson. Carson Wentz, the one thing about him, and he's improved this year, the, the, going through the progressions, he just he looks like a better quarterback and a more polished quarterback. He is still missing down the field. That is the one thing, and I think that is, if I were to kind of write a headline for Monday morning, if the Eagles lose this game, what happened? I think the story will be Carson missed opportunities. Deep passes they didn't connect on. The Eagles are a top 10 offense in the NFL right now in virtually every category. Time of possession, yards per play, yards, um, rushing yards, all that. Yards per attempt, everything you want, they're there. They're not hitting the deep pass yet. And I think every game is going to be close for them. They're going to have to start hitting on these. That will separate them from some of these teams. It'll separate them from a team like the Chargers tomorrow if Wentz could hit. And he's been off. And they've been there. It's not like you could say the coach can't scheme it up. There are open receivers down the field. Carson has to start hitting on these. Now, Frank Reich talked during the week and said he's not too worried about it. He's doing it in practice, so on and so forth. It's going to start to be a big story if Carson Wentz can't knock down a few of these. Rico, West Philly. What's going on, Rico? Hey, good morning. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, bud. What are you thinking? I just had two quick points. Um, I- I'm not opposed to Doug Peterson, but sometimes his play calling can be Andy Reid-esque. Or, you know, it's a bit questionable, like the fourth and eight, I think it was, in the, in the Giants game. Although it didn't affect us, really, I, I still think that was a, plus, a questionable play call. And I'm really frustrated with, I don't know who to be, if it's Doug Peterson, if it's Deuce Staley, or if it's just Darren Sproles himself for the amount of carries he was getting, or if it was Darren trying to do too much the, the week before the Giants game, he fumbled. And then Mr. Reliable, you know, goes down, and we need Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles is one of our biggest players, you know what I mean? And now he goes out with an ACL tear and, a, and a, I think, a twisted ankle or something, and he may not even ever come back to be an Eagle. Yeah, he may never play again. I can't blame anyone, though, for that, for Rico. I mean, it, it's an injury. It happened. It's, I'm more amazed, Rico, that he never got hurt before. He's such a small guy. He's been so durable his whole career. It is unfortunate, though. It's, it kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth, doesn't it, if that's the last time we see him on a field? Because he's, he's been a really good Eagle. He was a he was a great eagle, and like I said, I don't I don't know who to blame if it's Darren trying to do too much or they were running, uh, you know, Sproles a little too much. But I would hate to see that be his last game in the Eagles outfit. Yeah, me too. I, I can't blame anybody. It was he tore his ACL. I mean, it was a non-contact injury, and then he got hit and broke his wrist on the same play, which is the weirdest combination of injuries. And the fact he walked off the field, and he, I mean, you don't even think it was that big of a deal when it happened. I thought it was the wrist more than the knee. Um, but that, look, I can't blame the coaches, though. I can't blame a coach or Darren Sproles. That stuff happens every game. It's just the Eagles have avoided that with Darren Sproles 
for a long time. John in Warrington's up next on WIP. What's up, John? Hey, good morning. Good morning, bud. I um, wanted to talk about the Eagles offense with the 20, averaging 20 points. You can spin numbers anyway. What if you take away the special team score, defensive scores, what does our offense look like? Well, I don't have the, all those numbers in front right. of me. But, 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 John, before you go on, if you're going to yeah. do that, we could do it with every team in the league, right? Every team Correct. in the league has those. Correct. So what is our um, offense compared to others? Because our special teams is one of the top special teams. Yeah, well, I'll tell you this. I, I don't yeah. need to do all that. I could tell you there right now, uh, and I can find the exact number. It's either 10 or 15 categories. It's somewhere between 10 and 15, I should say. They're top 10 in virtually every offensive category for so far this season. That includes every team. And I'm not just talking about points, which you're right, can be a little wacky when it comes to how the points are scored. But they're a top 10 offense in the NFL right now. And I don't know. For me, I test. I think they're good offense. I think, like you said, they need to hit on those long passes, and Carson's going to get better, and the offense will get better. It's just that when you just look at straight numbers, sometimes they want to get the full picture, you know, because you can spin numbers. And like you said, yeah, but can wait? But can points, you spin numbers? You know? If you look at an every team and every team uh, throughout the NFL so far this season, whether or not it looks pretty, I don't know how you spin those numbers. If they're top ten and Basically, every offensive category right now, they're a top 10 offense. I was going by points. If you're looking at. Yes, point. All right. I get you on points. And everything else. It was just about the points when I hear that. If you're talking about the other numbers, which I don't know about, then that's more supporting about the Eagles offense, which is great. But I was just more about the points. Yeah, no, I I understand that. That part makes sense. The points can be spun. But I'll say this. And, John, I appreciate the call. If it's over a long period of time, it matters more. You know, the Eagles are top 10 right now through three weeks. That's a very small sample size. I'll admit that, even though I'm using the stat. As Howard told us, you know, only two teams, two or three teams, have scored 20 points in more games than the Eagles since the beginning of last season. It tells me they're consistent. Whether or not some of those weeks they have defensive scores. You know what the Eagles don't have? The Eagles rarely have a week where they're shut out, where they score three points, or they're completely lost on offense. We may nitpick, but every week they move the football. As we go into tomorrow's game, guess what I expect? I expect the offense to move the football. 888-729-9494. We get back. Mark Lawrence, playbook.com, college games, pro games, and a look at the Eagles Chargers. All coming up. Joe Gillia with you. Sports Radio 94, WIP. Nine forty-two Saturday morning. Joe Gillio in for Howard Eskin. Sports Radio ninety-four WIP. You know what that music means? It's a football weekend. College today. Of course, the NFL Week Four got kicked off on Thursday night with the Packers and the Bears. We'll get it really going on Sunday. Eagles will be in Los Angeles. Chargers four or five. Good slate of games. We'll talk about it all right now. Sports Cult and guest line joining us from Playbook.com is Mark Lawrence. Mark Joe Gillio in for Howard this morning. How you doing? I'm doing just terrific, Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing well, and it's, it looks like a good weekend. It's fall. It's fall weather. we got a good weekend of football. Mark, let's start with college. What stands out to you right now? Uh, college football, not quite as deep a card as we're normally used to seeing here, but uh, I think there's two good-looking plays that I might focus in on. One is a, a play maybe under the radar, if you will. Miami of Ohio, out of the Mid-American Conference, is going to take on Notre Dame. And Now, the Irish come off that big win last week over Michigan State, but when you look inside the numbers at that victory, the Irish were outgained by 140 yards in the contest. This will be only the third time in Notre Dame history that they'll be stooping down to the level of having to play a mid-American conference team. 
but Miami of Ohio can play. This team lost by only one point in a bowl game to Mississippi State last year. They bring 17 starters back. I think getting 21 points with this football team is a real, real good side in that contest. Yeah, that's a big line. Notre Dame uh, minus 21 at home, 5 p.m. kickoff. Uh, I'll be watching that one. Mark, who's your other college game? Other college game, I'm going to look at uh, Mississippi State to bounce back against Auburn here this week. This is a Mississippi State football team that got out of the gate in real strong fashion this year. Uh, even upset LSU as a 7.5-point underdog. Last week they went up against what I think is the second-best team in the SEC. That's the Georgia Bulldogs come completely flat in that game, understandably, after beating LSU. They're going to take on Auburn, a team that's got a lot of notoriety, but they hasn't really delivered the goods. Their stats are not impressive this year. And you've got revenge here for Mississippi State. I think Mississippi State getting doubles from Auburn is a real nice side in that football game. Mark, before we get to the NFL, just want to throw in, because I know a lot of our listeners are interested in this team, particularly this year, uh, and their star running back. Penn State coming off a, a dramatic End of the game finish to beat Iowa last week at home today, 3.30, 19-point favorites over Indiana. Are you afraid at all with Penn State, a little emotional letdown after what last week was, or do you think they're ready to springboard and have the big season we all expect? No, I think you're right on the money with that, Joe. I think there could be a letdown here, uh, uh, you know, just letting out a big sigh of relief after that what could have been a loss turns into a win for that football team. And you've got in Indiana a football team that, what they call backdoors, where you can get, sneak in the back door when Penn State gets a lead big enough. There's no reason for them to apply the defense, the intensity. You've got a big, huge backdoor opportunity for Indiana, a good football team that will be in a bowl game that can put up and pile up yards. I think this will be a slugfest, more of a heavyweight fight. I think Indiana goes down, but I think they take them right down to the wire. Mark Lawrence, playbook.com, joining us right now, talking a little college football, a little NFL. Mark, let's move to the NFL. Week four started on Thursday night. Last week was a wacky week with a lot of home dogs, and and not surprisingly, it was, I think, a tough week for a lot of those people out there trying to pick these games. When you look forward to week four, what do you look at for tomorrow? Well, what I'm going to look at here is a real unique scheduling opportunity situation here, and we're going to fade the Dallas Cowboys. They come off of a big Monday night win, they're terrible in games after Monday night games. They're 0-9 straight up, 1-8 to the spread Dallas Cowboys. Terrible after Monday nights. And making it worse, they've got the Green Bay Packers on deck next week. That's the Green Bay Packer team that beat them in the playoffs last year. The L.A. Rams are flying under the radar right now. There's offenses coming together for this football team. I think you have to take the 6.5 with the Rams for my first play in the NFL this week. Six and a half, and the Rams look a lot better. They, I've been intrigued by them, uh, especially the play of Jared Goff. That should be a really interesting game. Where do you go for your second NFL game? I'm going to stay inside of a division rival matchup here with the Baltimore Ravens at home against Pittsburgh. Baltimore looking it's the ugly as a team could have looked last week in, uh, in London when they lost to Jacksonville. Now they're going to come host, home to host Pittsburgh in this football game. And the unique thing about this series is of the last 18 regular season games, 12 of them have been decided by a field goal or less. This is always a close football contest here between these two teams. You've got revenge for the Baltimore Ravens, and I think Pittsburgh is not quite on the same page. We saw a little bit of that last week with the national anthem uh, disturbance that was going on with that football program here. This is a big bounce-back game for Baltimore, who got out of the gate in good fashion, suffered that ugly loss last week. I think they get back in the win column on Sunday. Yeah, you're totally right about that rivalry. It just feels like, and and go back to Christmas last year when they played for the AFC North title, it just feels like every time those teams play for, I know you mentioned the the amount of games, but you can go back even further. I mean, the rivalry the last decade or so, it just feels like, Mark, every time they play, you kind of sign yourself up for a three-point game. 
that's exactly what it is. You know, 12 out of 18 times, three-point football contest, you're taking a field goal at home with an embarrassed team here. you got to be there. You have to. All right, Mark, let's look at the Eagles game because this is a – I find this maybe the most difficult game to peg for the Eagles all year long just in terms of the, the wackiness of coming off of the emotional high of last week, traveling out west. The Chargers always play close games. I see the line the last time I looked, and Howard called in earlier, told us it's about two and a half where he saw it in favor of the Chargers. I think the Eagles are the better football team. How do you read this game? Well, they are the better football team in this contest. Uh, you know, the line says that in, in, a, in the fence sense that if you give a home team three points, the Eagles get the slight edge that way on a neutral field. But this will be more than a neutral field to Philadelphia here. They're just not supporting the Chargers in Los Angeles right now in that small stadium. I think there are going to be more Eagle fans in attendance possibly than there are Charger fans. You go back, count backwards on this Charger football team. Since last year, since he announced that move going to Los Angeles, they're 1-11 straight up in the last 12 football games, including the preseason. They've not won a game on this field. They went 0-2 in the preseason here. They're winless at home thus far this year. They're 0-4 straight up into the spread. Ugly numbers for the Chargers here. I realize the Eagles have some cluster injuries here that are going to be of concern, and rightfully so. But like you say, they're the better football team. They're the underdog in the contest. And until the Chargers prove they can step forward and win a football game on their home field, I have to back Philadelphia in this game. Last one for you, Mark. The Eagles last year won in seven on the road. They won their first road game this year. They lost in Kansas City, and that obviously was not a, a, a bad loss. Kansas City is a very good team. But is that part of the thinking here, you think, when this line comes out, that the Eagles have not proven with this coach and quarterback, this group, that they can win consistently or really win much at all on the road? I think maybe that might be a little bit into the line here. Uh, you know, also, you have to also remember that the Eagles did win their first road game this year at Washington, so they took that little bit of that onus off themselves with that win that way this year. Uh, so their lack of uh, success on the road probably plays into this line, but I think the bottom line, when push comes to shove, the Eagles are the better football team. I'm with you, Mark Lawrence, playbook.com. Mark, really appreciate it. Uh, as always, have yourself a good weekend, all right? Hey, Joe, I appreciate it. Enjoy the games and be good this week. I will. This should be a good slate of games. Mark Lawrence, playbook.com, there with the picks. And we're on the same page with the Eagles. And when last week ended, it's weird. You always go through this when you watch a game and then you watch a team. You you sort of immediately take it to the next week. When the Eagles won the game over the Giants on Sunday, my first thought was, this is a tough spot next week. You know, it's a tough spot to imagine they're going to go out to L.A., a Chargers team that is seemingly in every game, just loses every game. You figure it's going to be a close one. And the, the letdown came to my mind right away. How are they going to come off this high? Is the next week going to be a letdown? That's the first thing I thought of. And then as the week went on, I started thinking more about the Chargers. They're not good. This is not a good team. I think the Eagles are a pretty good team. I don't think the Chargers are good at all. And I think Rivers is coming to the end here of his career. He throws a ton of interceptions. And I'm just tired of listening to everyone tell me that the Chargers are a good team that's unlucky. If you go 11 and 29 over 40 games, you're not a good team. You're a bad football team. That's not that's not luck. You know, if you are, are you know, you go 6 and 10 in one season and you lose a whole bunch of close games, that's a different story. Then I agree with that. That that kind of logic makes sense to me because you had a tough year, a, a short sample things went awry. If you're 11 and 29 over 40 games in the NFL, you've become a bad football team. I don't care if you have a good quarterback and good pass rushers and a good wide receiver and tight end, which the uh, Chargers have all those things. They lose. And the Eagles last year had difficulty winning close games. This year, at least on Sunday and in week one, because that game was close until um, the defensive touchdown changed the equation. The Eagles are showing they're getting better at winning close games. They're finding that niche. The pass Carson made on the sideline last week to Alshon and the crazy kick by Elliott. 
I think, change the equation there on this Eagle team and their ability to get over the hump and win these close games. I think this is a game where you find out about this Eagle team. Is this going to be a year where they slog through it, where they're good, but they never can really get on track and they can't become a team you really start penciling in for anything big? Or, you know, I, I think people will start, I think you'll start dreaming on this team if they win this game. If they go to 3-1 and one with a favorable stretch of games coming up in October with a lot of home games, Arizona, Washington, Denver, you're going to start thinking bigger things for the 2017 Eagles. And I think they're up for it. You know, I, I think that, the quarterback has improved, though he's got to figure out how to get the ball down the field into these guys' hands. And I think they can get by for at least a little bit uh, with the defense and, and the injuries they have. And they're going to miss Fletcher Cox, but I think you'll see more of a rotation. I, I think you might see some formations where you have guys like Brandon Graham or Curry inside. I think Schwartz has to be creative, but I just don't think the Chargers are any good. And I think the Eagles can go out there and win this game. I will not be shocked if the Eagles lose because it's the NFL and letdowns do happen. But I think it's a game you find out if the 2017 Eagles are markedly different than the 2016 Eagles. They're better, clearly. They're more talented. They're, this whole thing is a little bit ahead. The program's moved forward than it was last year. We find out soon uh, just how quickly they can move from where they are to an even bigger stage. Fun show here this morning. Thanks, as always, to Phil uh, behind the glass. John had the updates. Uh, and, of course, you guys for being part of it. Howard for hopping on. Mark Lawrence for hopping on. Coming up next, we have Mark Farzetta and we have Ray Dittinger. Mark is in for uh, Glenn McNeil this morning. So Mark and Ray coming up next. Everyone enjoy your Saturday. Enjoy the weekend. I got the Eagles 24-21 tomorrow in Los Angeles. I'll talk to you guys again coming up this week right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.